Friendless is presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. My sweet babies, I'm back. It's me, your host, James Avramenko, back from winter break with a brand new episode of Friendless, the only podcast about me losing all my Facebook friends one hour at a time. And this week, I have a very special guest to kickstart the second half of season three, my big sister, Lisa. Lisa is a lawyer and yoga instructor who lives in Halifax and also used to hold me down and tickle me until I peed my pants, which instilled in me a lifelong fear of touch. (laughs) We talk about being called to the bar, incremental social justice within systems of oppression, aggressive zoom angles, the tradition of old men in powdered wigs, trauma effects on memory, and hamsters. The episode is an absolute blast, and we will jump into it straight away. Stick around to the end of the show and hear some fun updates on what's coming up for Friendless in 2021 and beyond. But that is then, and this is now. So for now, enjoy my interview with my big sister, Lisa, here on Friendless. <laughs> One of the... One of the sort of things I was thinking about in starting this show was, oh, fuck, what's going to happen when I start having to have my family on? And so you're this is a really exciting day because you're my very first family guest. So welcome to Friendless, my big sister, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I feel very special to be here today. (laughs) I feel God in this Chili's. Um. (laughs) Sorry, I got to adjust here with these laughs. Oh, it's all good. I can <laughs> I can fiddle with that later. Okay, great. Um, so so um, just this this is an aside. You usually like pull your head away when you laugh, right? Like you. Yes. Kind of, yeah. Is there a name for that? Like in podcasting? Oh my god, I have no idea. All I know is if I laugh directly into the microphone, I'll blow some poor <laughs> listeners' ears out. So I'll... <laughs> I'll try that. I'll try that next time. I wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Great. So yeah, so like I say, this has actually been, this is a very monumental moment because um, uh, you are somebody who, try as you might, you'll never be rid of me. And mm-hmm. so um, it's a really exciting kind of exploration of that that side of it, of like, are family members friends? Right. <laughs> or right. do we just have to hang out at holidays? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is rich. This is rich fodder. Right? Right. So, you know, so now normally I would I would sort of kick the interview off by talking about like maybe how we met or or what we know about each other and how we sort of came to be. But um, I've I have literally never known a world without you leering over me. And so (laughs) fair. That's true. This is accurate. And so I guess, uh, I guess, like, you know, in a sort of leading question, um, how do you sort of summarize the way that you, that you sort of spend your life these days, um, with all the different jobs that you do? Um, I'm like an onion. I have many layers. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Um, It's, that's a hard question to answer, because I know, like, business advisors tell you to come up with like a an elevator pitch about what you do and I have never right. done, been too lazy to do that so but right now I'm practicing law part-time I took a 10-year break from the law after 
getting called to the bar uh, 10 years ago, I immediately quit. <laughs> and then I started, yeah. And then I started a yoga business and I was doing that for the last 10 years and I still do that part-time and I practice law part-time. So that's pretty much what I do for J-O-B. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's the summary. I don't really have any persuasive sort of pitch related stuff behind that, but that's kind of what I do. So feel free to ask me any more questions you have about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the interview. I think we're good yeah. there. I think we got everything we need. <laughs> Just when you say called to the bar, yes. like, do they like, are they standing at a bar and they're like, hey, Lisa, hey, hey, come on over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> how like, does that work? Kind of. I'm not really sure. It's like, yeah, that's a really good what question. I don't even bar? really, I don't even really know. I mean, they call the bar like the membership. It's basically the membership site for all of the okay. the lawyers. Um, <laughs> but so my original bar call was in a courtroom, and there was a judge, and you had to get up and swear or affirm that you abide by the regulations of the barrister mm. society. And then this year, when I got called again. Um, they did it online through Zoom, which right. was amazing. And I was like, it, way less stressed by it. Cause like when you go into the courtroom, you have to wear robes and they always kind of fit a little weird and it's all kind of very uncomfortable. It's not really, it wasn't really a fun experience. I know it's supposed to be like exciting, but the ceremony of it was kind of, I just found it a little odd. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the usual way they do it. But, um, I think they had a couple bar calls this year that were just online. And I mean, who knows what'll happen when things open up again, but they might just sure. keep it online, which would be cool. So how many of those, um, how many of those participants do you think were not wearing pants? <laughs> I'd say 80 to 90%. Yeah. Cause it's quite, it's quite a long rope. Like- yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I also can't feel like I, I, I just like, you know, it's sort of like, what's the point of pants? Oh, in, my gosh. In well, when you're only, yeah. When you're like maybe belly button up at the hot at the lowest. Why would right. you wear pants? And that's yeah. being pretty risque if mm-hmm. you're showing off that belly button. on. Zoom. I know. Right. That's like a little <laughs> aggressive, actually. Yeah. They also don't have the, like the camera lens doesn't work for that kind of angle. You'd have to be really far away from the from the <laughs> computer to get your belly True. button in. Yeah, really it's like just shoulders and head. Yeah. Yeah. People just wearing crop tops, like no one's even wearing a full shirt. It's like I just have a, a dicky. <laughs> right. Getting called to the fire in a dicky. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bib i just yeah. I, you know and that's i gotta say like you know i because like from what i understand and you obviously will know far more about this than i do but you know canadian law and tradition takes its cues off of british and commonwealth law right yes that's right yeah and so they're building off of the sort of like pageantry and tradition of mm-hmm. like British lawyers and they're like they're how they have to wear their little wigs and their little yeah. curls and their you know and and yeah. I just, you know I, I can't I just can't fathom how men men predominantly can take themselves so seriously yeah. while wearing these costumes oh yeah you know? it's so bizarre it's literally dress up and but yeah you're right I don't either it it's really hard for me to keep a straight face around those situations like well, right. I, I did a, a term in in the UK of school That's right and uh, they took us to the old courthouse and all these um, yeah they did they took us on some tours around the old historic courthouses and um, 
it was like almost like me as a woman sorry there's a we're letting the dogs yeah. out here the door sleep but um like as a woman i didn't feel even comfortable there they were like it was like mm-hmm. they were reluctant to even have me there you know just and present. they were talking about tradition and how much tradition meant to them and Jesus and so Christ. i know it's just bizarre i was like okay like should i even be here let alone mm-hmm. you know people of color or you know it's just yeah. it's not diverse at all so it's it's that's always been a bit of um a bit of a friction point for me with the law because it's like, do you work within the system and try and make positive change? Cause I really wanted to get back into the law to do some social justice work. But then I realized sure. it would be a good fit for me right now. It's a real lifestyle fit where I'm at. It's um, uh, I'm doing some of that, but it's a lot of like real estate law and wills and estates, like very sort of basic small town lawyer stuff. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting, but anyway, it's just like, I just, I, that's friction for me where it's like such, it's so rooted in tradition, but this tradition comes from, um, so much prejudice and it's basically people trying to keep, you know, basically white people trying to keep their power, you know, in certain ways. And so, Yeah. yeah, that's always something I'm just thinking about and navigating and, and even like doing real estate law, we have to do these searches like title searches to see if someone actually owns their property if they have title to their property in order to be able to sell it but then i'm just like yeah but we're all on indigenous land (laughs) so like it sometimes feels yeah yeah, it sometimes feels a little silly like so i don't know if that really answers your question but yeah there's definitely some arbitrary tradition that goes with it that i'm not super into but i kind of tolerate in order to sort of you know move ahead my own um, agenda of social change and well, social justice. Absolutely. Right? So. Uh, absolutely. Oh, I talk about that all the time, and I don't think it's something that um, is completely comfortable. I'm not completely comfortable with it myself, mm-hmm. but it's something that I feel like we sort of have to, at some capacity, accept is that we might want the whole world to just flip on a dime and just mm-hmm. become this brand new, you know, socialist paradise. But the the reality is that nothing can change that quickly it, it mm-hmm. it's this it's this really tedious you know molasses riddled machine and and we you know we might want everything to be different you know changed last year but it's yeah. going to take you know decades and yeah. and and you know the the concept of like incremental systemic change is really frustrating for a lot of people and yeah. it doesn't it's not like it's like not sexy right like it's yeah. not like a cool like alluring to be like, well, you you do your best and you try and change what you can and then you hope the next people pick up the torch and yeah. get a little further, you know, because we have it in our head that it changes instantly and it doesn't. Yeah. And that's a really good point because I know, like, you'll ask me later about friendship and um, I feel like that's a very metaphor, uh, like a good metaphor that we'll come back to. Because it reminds yeah. me when I'm thinking about fitness, right? And training. And it's like, you're not going to get fit in one workout, right? Yeah, and right, so exactly. You have to kind of commit to like seeing nothing for a long time. And then eventually yeah. you'll see a lot. Like if you compare yourself, um, you know, over a year, you can see a lot more change than if you compare yourself day to day. And and so yeah. I think social change is like that too, where it's like, you can't just like go to one rally and be like, why didn't the world change? Like, oh, actually right. I have to start with myself and be like a better person yeah. and start implementing some like habits to help move yeah. that change. Like, you know, donating to um, like groups that uplift 
people of color in my community on a regular basis or, you know, just things like that, like setting up some habits to make that change happen. Um, And that actually is such a big factor for me about not only the show, but but the way I interact with social media in general, because, you know, I I think that with the with the proliferation of social media and technology, it's created a conditioning habit of instant mm-hmm. gratification where yes. we think if we share this link, we will get clout and we'll be liked and that'll validate us and we'll be done. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, but then, but then that's a, that's a, that's a reoccurring loop and that never ends. And so right. it's funny that we're, 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 we believe we're going to get one thing from this behavior and yet we're actually participating in the behavior that we claim to be rejecting exactly i know it's really yeah it's it's complicated so actually speaking of this other side of your life um you're you know so you're the founder of of happy fit yoga and um and you've been doing that for you know like the last like decade and i'm just wondering what sort of what what attracted you to yoga like because you know when when you were getting into it we i mean it's not like we weren't speaking but like we weren't um we weren't really as sort of i guess i should say like you just seemed to find it yeah. like on your own time <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and uh it hadn't been a part of you and then suddenly it was and then yeah. you just went for it right and i'm yeah. wondering what um what attracted you to it and and took well down that path. as you know i've always been into fitness right yes. And so that was always just something that was on the back burner my whole life. Like it was always something that really helped me, um, you know, cope with stress. And I always found it very fun and satisfying to like build strength and, um, you know, be active. Right. That's always been a part Mm. of my lifestyle. And then when I just I quit law and I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Well, this is something I've always enjoyed. Maybe I can make some money on it. So I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And luckily I had Josh to sort of support me because it doesn't. I feel like businesses take take time to build. It takes time yeah. to build that trust and to build a client base of people who trust you and um, trust that you know what you're talking about in order to you know help Definitely. help them move in a direction that they want to move. So um, yeah, it didn't just sort of happen overnight, but it's something that I just committed to instantly as soon as I quit because I was like, well, this is what I'm gonna do. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's just one of those things where you, like. Where you're like, oh, can I make money at that? Yeah, I think I can. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something I enjoy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, right? And I just think that that's such a great attitude. And and, yeah. and honestly, you know, you're um, – God, I always screw this up. You're four years yeah. older than me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Yeah. It's such a gray light. 83, 83 to 87. 87. Yeah, that's four yeah. years. Yeah. And, yeah, four um, years. And, you know, so you were always like – you know, you were always – four years ahead and and yeah. so and you know when when you were starting uh happy fit i was still um in in university and mm-hmm. and and really worried about um what was i gonna do when i got to school and and yeah. knowing the, the the pitfalls of of the art world and the next to impossibility of surviving in it and seeing you um you know reject the reject the bar say yeah. i'm not calling the bar back you know so, and instead doing yoga yeah. it was so yeah. inspiring and it was oh, really thanks. um um it was very I, I can't even really place what the right word is but it just it was very reassuring to know mm-hmm. that that you can make a choice for yourself and go for it and sort of like i kind of hate the term like bet on yourself but yeah. it's like it is that sort of attitude of like yeah you know well you could you know it's it, again it's that thing of like um 
I think it's Jim Carrey talked about like, you know, you can fail at the thing you don't like too. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> so you might as well like, you know, do something you enjoy and, and risk yeah. failing. Right. But mm-hmm. well, I was lucky enough to, I actually came across the book, the art of nonconformity by Chris Gillibo right before I quit. Yeah. Um, it was just on the shelf in the library and I didn't, hadn't heard of him. I didn't know about his work and I read it like cover to cover and it was so interesting. And then I wrote him an email <laughs> and I was like yeah and I was like hey I'm just like I'm just in the process of quitting the law and I found your book really inspiring and he's like he wrote back and he said something like well in my experience former lawyers are the best kind (laughs) which I thought was really funny (laughs) but but it was like inspiring to know like oh hey I don't have to do it just because I can doesn't mean I have to that was the mantra that I had like quitting just because I can doesn't mean I have to and 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 like there are definitely pitfalls to making your passion your career like that's something I've learned over 10 years but I was able to hone it in a way where it's been very interesting and satisfying and rewarding for me um but I am happy to be back in the law I'm at the point now where I'm like really craving something a little more um cerebral you know working on creative problem solving and and I'm still feeling like I'm serving the community like that I think is very key like having that sort of tactile like connection to the community where I'm like helping people with their day-to-day problems Um, I think the ability to pivot is really important and because I think that um you know so many people in in so many facets I mean you know, Jenica and I just watched the documentary um, Seduced about the the Nexium cult and how. Oh my God! Um, I heard about that. I didn't it's, watch it's, it. It's but... incredible. Um, yeah. But you know, especially at the start, but throughout almost the entire series, one of these really common refrains was, "Well, I had committed so much already, so I told myself I couldn't give up." And That's it's this idea bullshit. of yeah, and there's mm-hmm. and there's an attitude I think in a lot of like you know the sort of like really toxic hustle culture yeah. and in like in like sort of like uh, entrepreneurial spirit and um, and uh, but then also like you know um, committing yourself to a degree or all these kinds of things where we get it in our head that well I've made this choice and I've invested you know X amount of years mm-hmm. and X amount of money and so I cannot give up on it even though it's yeah not working. isn't that called the and, isn't and, that called the the sunk cost fallacy. That's is that, it. Is there a word for I it? I knew you'd know yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I've already invested so much. I might as well just play it out. But Keep going. Yeah, exactly. no, you just but have to. But it's always and, a losing game. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It, does, it doesn't matter how much you put in. If it's like a bad decision, just stop. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But, um, exactly. It's it. good. These things are good because they help to like get us thinking and then hopefully mm-hmm. not make the same mistakes. Cause it can happen in all kinds of areas. Right. Like, I don't know if you watched the Bikram documentary, but oh, yeah. you know, the yoga space is, is rich with these kinds of examples too, where people basically, I think come to yoga a lot of times because they don't feel so good and they want to feel better. Like yeah. that's a way to sort of summarize it. And, and then those kinds of people can be very vulnerable to, um, mm-hmm. narcissists taking advantage of them right and and a lot of people who get into yoga leadership are those people who are like oh it's you know tr- they're trying to be a personality or they're trying to be like all-knowing a guru right and and this is something that I've been really mindful of the whole time is just to be like I'm not better than you <laughs> I don't yeah. know more than you my students are my peers right like we're yeah. equal I learn just as much from my students as I learn as they learn from me right because we're just sharing space together and like I I know some yoga poses and they've been helpful for me but you got to do you right and and just yeah. coming from that angle where it's like 
not like do exactly what I say I know best and then you'll find enlightenment like we're so vulnerable to that because I think a lot of us too like I feel like everyone could benefit from therapy like yeah um, psychological (laughs) help and and a lot of times like there's still a lot of stigma around therapy and Mm -hmm. Um, and even there's a lot of therapists who are really shitty too. Like, I think everyone needs good therapy (laughs) and then we wouldn't be so susceptible to these cults and these groups that just sort of, Mm -hmm. sort of pick you up and sweep you away where it's like, no, you have the answers inside you. Like, you know how to make yourself feel better and like, just sort of don't like rely on someone else to give you that, that feeling. The validation, you know, and there's, there's, um, yeah, there's such a culture of toxicity behind the wellness industry and the fact that so much of it is monetarily based, you know, whether it's supplements Mm -hmm. or whether it's, um, you know, Zen and, and, um, I, I always think, you know, one of the stories I always think about is, um, Alan Watts and how he, you know, he's obviously, uh, just an incredible speaker, an incredible thinker, so eloquent, so enlightening, Mm -hmm. so powerful, And, um, you know, he was at the forefront of this movement in the 60s. But by like even by into the 70s and, you know, when he died, um, he he rejected it all because Mm -hmm. he was he was so disillusioned with the way that it had been commodified and monetized uh, that he was like, if if all you're doing is is um, trying to make a buck off of this, then you are in the wrong business you know yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you're ruining it for everybody else right yeah. and and uh, and I just yeah. kind of feel like that's the case for everything like yeah. we're, we're no longer allowed to have hobbies right we have right. to have side hustles we yeah. can't just do something that makes us happy oh, yeah. because it, it passes our time heaven forbid you're bad at something too it's like there's yeah, so much pressure exactly. to be good at everything all the time you know yep. and like oh if I can't do this yoga pose then I might as well just not do yoga <laughs> it's like yeah such baloney but i mean i do believe that people should be paid like compensated fairly for what they do you know so i I, live in a in a monetary system we still have to be paid and i mean i ideally would not want that to be the case like i I definitely reject capitalism and like as someone who's been a beneficiary of you know capitalist ways then you know i have a conflict with that too but i mean while we're still in the system you should be compensated fairly for your time and for what you do but I don't think you should be like preying on people's insecurities in order to sell yoga or wellness, yeah. right? Yeah. Tell, telling people or they're anything. not good enough or anything really. That's that's marketing. It's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you feel right? shitty because of this, or I'm going to manufacture yeah. something for you to feel shitty about. Let me sell exactly. you the cure. <laughs> yep. exactly. Oh, it's so funny. We're so silly. What I'm curious uh, always with every guest is is their their answer to this, and I think that um, I think that your perspective will lend lend itself very nicely to it. Is um, how would you define friendship? I think of friendship as being like a habit. It's not like friendship mm-hmm. is a verb, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to be a friend <laughs> to to be a good friend. You have to be a good friend. And to have good yeah. friends, you also have to be a good friend. So I think of it like a muscle. This is an analogy that I borrowed from my teacher in Maui, my yoga teacher in Maui. But it's like a muscle that you have to keep working or it's going to atrophy, right? You have to squeeze it. And, and like when you squeeze a muscle, it circulates blood into the muscle from your heart. So it helps your heart work. And it also helps your bones. Like when you squeeze and flex a muscle, when you lift weights, it makes your bones stronger. 
So like friendship is like that. You have to just keep checking in with your friends, make sure they're okay, tell them you're proud of them for their accomplishments. You know, you just have to be it's it's work. It's it's work. It's a habit that takes some work. If you're especially if you're not used to being a good friend, if you're just like, you know, liking stuff on Instagram or Facebook and you're not actually reaching out and like touching base, it might feel a little foreign to be like sort of touchy feely with your friends and to reach out. But I think to be a good friend, you have to do that. It's like a practice that you have to cultivate and bring into your life. And then the the benefits of that are so nice because like you you get what you give, right? And so mm-hmm. if you're a good friend, then people like they they like being around you and then they reach out to you and you just have this nice like connection, right? And so and then wow. and then like then there's like old friends too who kind of like every once in a while you kind of neglect them a bit, but then you get back in touch and, and that's great too. Yeah. So you've already put in the groundwork, like, you know, me and Shannon, like we get in touch, we video chat all the time now, but every once in a while we'll go a couple months without chatting and, but it's okay because we were friends since we were in grade six. So it's like, it's not a problem. (laughs) You know, you kind of built up that foundation. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're spot on. It is still a, you have to cultivate it and, and it may, you know, it may be water. And like, yeah. And like every once in a while, it's a, every once in a while, it's a long, what are those called? You know, like the seeds that you plant and they don't bloom for a while, you know? Oh yeah. But like you still do have to water it and you do still have to go back to it. Yeah. And some, and some friendships, like you won't get out anything and then you can just be like, I'm just going to let that one die. That's fine. Like you kind of, put in enough effort and you realize, Hey, I'm not actually, it's not a two way street. It's just a one way street. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, you know, move this away flower from that. doesn't even smell very good. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't really like it that much. So <laughs> it's going it, to put it in the compost and then it can help someone <laughs> else. Yeah. <laughs> Savings, checkings, GIC, budget, RESP, RRSP, TFSA, mutual funds, credit score, emergency funds, variable versus fixed rates, compound interest, retirement. The list goes on and on. It's time to make sense of it all. At Connexus Credit Union, they want to help. Financial literacy is a critical life skill, giving you the knowledge and confidence to make smart, responsible decisions about your money. Visit ConnexusMoneyTalk.ca to find expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events, and increase your financial literacy knowledge and confidence today. So this is one, this is actually one that I'm, (laughs) this one I've been excited and dreading um, uh, with you because you're somebody who knows the the entire breadth of my life. Um, (laughs) And so I'm curious, what is your most vivid memory of our friendship? Which yeah. I realize that's, that's the wording of that's the wording of the, of the of the yeah. usual show, but you know. Yeah. Well, I was just I was thinking about this. Obviously, there's a lot, but mm-hmm. I think I just remember when you were born. Like I was only four, but I just mm-hmm. remember little new baby and just going to visit you in the hospital, and it was like the best. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting I a little was like teary. your little doll. I know. I just, yeah. I just love it because I, I was just... like, I was just your plaything. Yeah, you were like my. Oh my god! I get a real baby. I don't have to play with dolls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <And then> I... <laughs> anyway, 
And um, and then so that was great. And then I think the like the most fun we had recently was like we talked about this at Sibsmith, but um, like when you and Jenica came to visit us on Vancouver Island, and we did that really shitty puzzle, and we got drunk on rum and eggnog, and oh my god, that was so much fun. Because it's just like (laughs) nice to like reconnect as like you know it's always fun to reconnect as adults and just to be like having fun and just like chilling out and like no stress. Like it was just a really nice time to to like have some fun and jenica's amazing i just remember you guys yeah. were so cute you were doing all these bits together you're doing like that oh my god i don't remember like it was like a tableau like you kind of were like you would like pause in like a pose <laughs> like the two of you i don't even know <laughs> if you remember doing this but like I you don't. climbed a, you climbed a tree at one point and then you both just like posed in the tree like <laughs> it was so cute i was just like who god, are these people they're nerds. adorable no, it's so funny. We had we we're just laughing the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah, I I've really appreciated like yeah reconnecting with you as an adult because like obviously like you know we have our whole childhood together that I that mm-hmm. I really treasure and I think especially in in retrospect you know when you're a kid you don't really even realize what's going on and I don't think you're you're just sort of in it right and yeah and, I mean I think that's probably the case for most of life in general but like yeah but like when you're a kid you're just sort of living it and you don't realize how connected you are and how vital your family is and mm-hmm. and 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 it's only until you know you look back on it that you realize how how important it was and and um and you know you know I'm watching old you know David our our, our older brother he sent me um like a, a hard drive of old family videos and just watching mm-hmm. us like just just the shit we used to get up to and oh just like God. and it, you know and it's funny because like <clears throat> you know as a as in in my initial memory when i sort of think about childhood i always see myself as alone i always sort of see myself as like you know in my bedroom playing with my action figures or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be and then you watch these videos and you realize just how what a gang we were yeah you You were probably trying to get away from me honestly you're like i need some alone time i'm like kind of an introvert let me just read my comics i just need need to to play a video game yeah exactly And I was like, let's do a play. I'll be the director. Right? Oh, my God. But, like, oh, my God. Like, Sherlock James. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, you know, the hamsters. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I just, there's so many, yeah. there's so many un- amazing, like, those videos really helped. But, um, oh, but just so, so nice. many, so many, like, jogged images, right? For yeah. me, you know, I still, to this day, and I, I wrote about it recently, um, but I to this day, I will never forget I'll never like I'll never remember what happened, but I will never forget the day I broke your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like I Who truly, knows? I truly, I think I was so stressed out by it yeah. that I like I just like blacked out what actually happened. Oh, um, I think, but me too. but the the the, yeah. the gist of it was like. I either fell or I threw my stick. Dad seems to think that I I was just like trying to slap shot and I just lifted my stick too high yeah. and caught you and I just yeah. caught you in the face and broke your nose and and you know you had a little kid nose so it was like yeah. pliable French. right yeah. and, and I just remember um what I remember most about it was you going to the hospital and getting your nose fixed and yeah. then us coming to see you. <laughs> And the glare. Oh my the god. Glare you yeah. gave me. Oh <laughs> yeah. The hairy eyeball, we called it. Yeah. The hairy eyeball. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I mean, and um, again, I think about it now and I'm like, I don't think I was even mad at the time. I don't know what my problem right. was. Like I think well, I just didn't have ways to cope. Like I'm honestly yeah. I think back now and I probably like like I think honestly all of us 
including our parents, had like like undiagnosed anxiety disorders our whole oh, lives, sure. you know, yeah. and and so you kind of just like have different ways of putting up walls to cope with feelings. Yeah. And I just I think that was uh, that. And I feel bad that I made you feel so bad because honestly, I never harbored any ill will <laughs> towards right. you for yeah. that. So I'm really sorry. You're- it's really interesting that you. Well, thank you for that. That's that's very sweet. You don't need to be apologizing for me hurting you. But, uh, All right. And but, honestly, um, like they did, they fixed my nose. They put a cast on. But let's. I probably didn't even need to go to the hospital. Let's be completely honest. Right. It was probably fine. But like our mother was very. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Intense. <laughs> Intense. She's like and I mean, again, great, great mom. Keep staying on top of things, but like I feel like ninety nine percent of other kids, they would have been like, Ah, you're fine. Keep playing Walk hockey. Off, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's 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 really interesting that you talk about like the sort of the anxieties because I you know, I it's something that I've really struggled with through I mean, through my whole life, but especially mm-hmm. in in my most, uh, you know, in um, in the last 10 years, I've really tried to very intensely dive into, you know, writing of, in multiple forms. And and I believe, you know, you know, writing is a is predominantly at its core about like knowing yourself and finding mm-hmm. out about yourself and sort yes. of figuring out how to first reveal yourself to yourself and then put that on the page and show the world. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> I have huge gaps in my memory, massive gaps in my memory. And I, and I feel so guilty for that because I'm like, Oh fuck, did I like smoke too much weed in university? Like what is it? You know, but it's not, it's like Mm -hmm. totally like anxiety coping and it's totally like, yeah. yeah, Right. That's a a symptom of anxiety and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, Mm -hmm. and the thing too, is that it's like, I know that the memories are there because Mm -hmm. they, when they're triggered, they're very vivid and I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm there. I I remember that. But it's a, it's about, it's about figuring out how to excavate them. Right. And how to, how to bring them back to the surface, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it's why I've been using, um, I've been using old, old videos and, and, you know, I have this box of old family, family photos and, and Mm -hmm. trying to use that to jog my memory. Uh, yeah because yeah well, if like, i'm just if i'm just sitting alone quietly thinking i'm yeah i'm off no, in la land you're not right? gonna get yeah um and also what was i saying oh yeah like you you remembering being alone more that's also like a symptom of anxiety too where you just like right. we're kind of like not um like capturing or remembering like the moments where we were all together as much because it just was kind of yeah wasn't as sharp in your memory as like you feeling more alone right and that would sort of make more of an imprint on your memory right so yeah there's all kinds of interesting thing the brain things the brain does to protect itself so yeah and um yeah also like my action figures ruled so yeah i have memories of them (laughs) yeah for sure yeah You're you're actually in an interesting space because in the Maritimes you've had um, no, I I don't want to say quite a different experience but it has been a different experience in mm-hmm. terms of co- co- COVID and quarantining yeah. and and bubbles and you know um, you know and and you're you're near family in a way that we're not so you've yeah. you've had a bubble in a way that we haven't and um, mm-hmm. not not meant as some kind of passive aggressive comment no. about that it's just, yeah, it's just you've had a different experience than us and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that you have a really nice perspective on on this that may be more uh, hopeful than I might have. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and and so you know, with the world potentially opening up again, you know, slowly, incrementally, whatever it might be, and um, and 
with what we've hopefully learned from 2020, I, I'm guess I'm curious to know what do you think it's going to take to be a good friend in 2021 and then going forward? I think, yeah, that's a good question. No matter what, I think it's important to listen and just to sort of listen to what your friends are saying or not saying and then just be there for them. And, and like often like often we try and help our friends by giving them answers to everything. But sometimes you just have to be, I think most of the time you just have to be there for them and like listen yeah. to them, you know, and, and just to be like sort of accepting each other for who we are. Right. Um, I just, and I mean, I just think there's, there's a certain level, like as a good friend, you do have to hold your friends accountable for certain things. Yeah, like if they're sure. doing things that are like shitty, you need to be clear with them. Like, but, but always sort of jumping to an answer, you know, if they're going through a hard time and being like, oh, well, you should do this. That's like not not so helpful or fun, right? Because like sometimes friends just want to talk about it and you just have to be there and allow them, like just give them space, right? And just be... You, just, you have to let them work through it themselves. Exactly. And then at the same time, also not being like waiting for your opportunity to be like, oh yeah, I had an experience like that too. Like it's good to like... Yes. But like working on our communication skills, I think is essential. And, and this is something I'm always working on. Um, and I honestly, I follow a few therapists on Instagram who really provide some helpful, you know, kind of those like snackable contents about where sure. to start with this. And then there's like books you can read that that help with this as well. But just how to sort of be a good friend, be a good listener and love your friends without judgment, right? Again, yeah. not letting them like set up clear boundaries. Don't let them walk all over you or or mm -hmm. do things that are like dangerous to themselves or others, but also mm -hmm. don't always be like trying to solve their problems all the time. Just like listen to them. And often yeah. they'll just come to a conclusion on their own, right? I think that's really key for being a good friend. Yeah, just like I said before, and also just getting in the habit of checking in with your friends, noticing what they're doing, like telling them you're proud of them. Like I, I saw this post once that was like, let's normalize telling our friends we're proud of them. Just make it weird how proud you are, <laughs> you know? Cause like, yeah. it's yeah. really hard. Like often a lot of people don't have someone telling them they're proud of them. And like, really yeah. it's, it's most important that you're proud of yourself, but it's really like, I think it's really like a gift you can give someone by like paying attention to what's going on in their life. And then just like, tell them like mark those things because we're in this society now where, you know, we're just like, okay, we get stuff done and then we're on to the next thing. And, and just like marking those even like very small accomplishments and telling your friends you're proud of them. Like, I think that's really yeah. a powerful practice to cultivate. So. Oh, I love that. I, I think yeah. too, the idea of, of letting, letting people get to their own conclusions, I think is really important. And I think yeah, that's something, a good way to something put that it. I've, you know, and I think something about, um, I think that we have really mistaken sympathy for yeah. empathy right and i think that i think that we need to get back to a more empathetic position yeah. where like it's not about condoning exactly it's we not about condoning together. yeah exactly it's not yeah. about forgiving it's not about it but but we do have to understand each other yeah. and we have to understand each other with love we can't right. we can't you know anybody who says I want a brave new world where we love each other, but we can only get there if these people die. Yeah. They don't want that world, no, you know, exactly. and, and they need to stop lying. And yeah. so it's about, it's about genuine empathy 
yes. with the understanding that that doesn't mean that's an endorsement of other yeah, or letting them off the hook right? or giving them any airtime. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I want to recommend a podcast if you haven't already listened to it that really yeah. speaks to this what we're talking about right now, and it just came to my head. It's the Mister Rogers podcast. Finding, oh, yeah. it's called Finding Fred, and it's okay. and it's and it's made by um a black man who is sort of navigating this world like if you know how do we um how do we like be in community and be good to each other without like condoning like violent acts or yeah you know and and how mr rogers was kind of like a master at this in some ways yes. but then also points out some flaws and it's a really good listen highly recommend it because mm. it sort of helps clarify like these questions it helped for me anyway clarify some of these questions about how to be a good neighbor you know yeah, and I think yeah. the other, the last element that I think is really important is understanding your right to hold somebody accountable because yeah. I think that we actually overstep that as A much lot. as any other element oh my gosh. of it, right? So and I, much I think I think understanding where your like where your gentle understanding is required and then your actual like militant accountability is right. required. And yeah, because there's so much. Really we do overstep yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, well, who the fuck are There's you? There's so much you know, like... justice these days, yeah. Yes. And, then, and when yeah. things go out online and then it's just people like, you know, I mean, anyway, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. It is. But, it really is. But it's true. It's Lisa, like fine, navigating that line, so. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Lisa, you know, I mean, fuck. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're we're coming down to the end of the show and I, yes. and I, uh, and I you know, I realized that this is going to do very little uh, to our, our overall relationship, but um, I do have to do one last thing, but I just, yes. you know, before we do, before we do the, the Facebooking or D de- debooking, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I, I just, um, you know, um, I don't even know how to express it truly what? because it's like, well, I just, you know, I love you, Lisa. And I love I, you and too. I... <laughs> you're, you're, my little, you're my little brother. You're my, you're my big sister. And I'm just yeah. really grateful that you're my big sister. Right. And, um, yeah. It's, it's really. I'm hugging know, my um... microphone right now. Pretending it's your bony <laughs> little body. <laughs> Look, if 2020 has done anything, it's made me a lot less bony. Let's say that. <laughs> That's but, good. Uh... Get some meat on that bone. <laughs> God, I'm Fuck it, Make it work. But, um. But, um I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful for our relationship. Just, you know, it's, yeah, it's, um, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, but I'll, you know, and I'm, and I'm not going to get too gushy with it, but like, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, the way, the way, you know, Jenica and I live so, so separate from everybody makes it really hard. And so it's really, um, I'm so grateful for moments like this where we yeah. can reconnect and, Me you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and I'm, you know, you talk about, you know, being, being a good friend means being a yeah. good friend and it means, yeah you doing the work and that's something that i'm not very good at and it is something that i (laughs) i i I knowingly am very bad at and and Mm. and you know relationships with our family is one of them like you know when we talk it's great but i'm really bad at maintaining it yeah well i always just said that like oh you're the youngest child you always had people coming to you so you know that's fine (laughs) that's 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 just something that i am like have resigned myself to you know what james probably isn't gonna call me i'm just gonna fucking call him so but i will say you have called me like a couple times in the past year which has been like super super nice and like a nice treat so i appreciate that yeah well you're welcome that's that's all you're gonna get (laughs) (laughs) love it okay we got one last thing to do yes so here we go lisa jane yes we 
are no longer Facebook friends. What? Let me refresh. I'm just looking at your profile. Oh my god, we're not friends anymore. And that's it. Thank you, of course, to Lisa. I love you, and I promise I will try and call more often. No promises, though. If you like the show, please be sure to review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your pod goodness. It helps me out so much, and I cannot thank you enough for this easy and free way of supporting the show. Speaking of supporting the show, there's a myriad of new ways you can join in the conversation and get all kinds of fun benefits. Why not sign up for my newsletter? It's a once a month update filled with articles, book reviews, and starting this month, a fresh piece of writing that you won't find anywhere else, or at least until I can figure out how to trick somebody into publishing me, but the link for that is in the show notes. I'm also about to launch a Patreon, so keep your peepers peeled for that. I'm so excited to be launching this. There's so many incredible benefits that you're going to find. Exclusive writing, ad-free episodes, as well as bonus interviews and episodes, an invite to a private Discord channel, and so much more. I'm hoping to launch this along with a new website uh, pretty shortly, but I will keep you up to date on that when it happens. That's it for me. Next week, I have an old co-worker, Dave Smith, on the show. Dave is an absolute sweetie, and I think you're going to love it. But as always, that is then... And this is now. So for now, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you delete somebody who makes you tired off your social media. And I hope you read a really good book. Or a comic. Comics count. So do audiobooks. It all counts. Who's counting anyway? Fuck them. You do you. Anyway, that's it for me. I'm out. Fun and safety, y'all. <laughs>